0: welcome to compression the quest to 100 million dollars in just one year join me your host logan freeman in this one-of-a-kind interactive podcast experience where i am on a quest to compress three years of achievement and production into 12 months and no the answer is not to just work harder I'm bringing you not only ideas and concepts that are complete at the theoretical level, but they're also effective at the applied level. Look, guys, knowledge is not power. It is potential power. Knowledge plus massive strategic action equals power. We're talking about strategy, systems, accountability, all in real time. This is Compression. and we're back for another episode of the compression podcast and i have to say man we are getting ready to kind of you know i think embark on this this sprint you know and and it's uh october 23rd right now meaning you know hopefully we've been sprinting previously but i feel like i've been kind of planning um, and then working on more like a 60 day sprint. <laughs> but I think the planning part is a part of this sprint, right? It's it's the mindset piece. I've found myself gravitating towards um, some mindset kind of training. And I don't know if it's just like my my previous, you know, experience that helps me get in the right headspace. But um, what has continued to come to mind is this separation season and giving me the opportunity to do the hard things. And I take to heart what, what we said on the last, the last show. And it's when it starts to get hard and it starts to get difficult and you, you start to feel nervous and you got that, you got that anxiety kind of creeping up on you. Um, you can really reframe that to be a and. Uh, but you have to know how to deal with it. It's not for the untrained uh, mind, so to speak. And and this hit me yesterday when Taylor was, uh, you know, putting something on. We were like both kids went down for a nap, which never happens, which was amazing. Uh, I went and hit some golf balls and she just rested. But she's like, man, I'm going to put something on that I can just fall asleep to. So she found this thing called Psychic Kids and it, it followed these kids that, you know, can can really communicate with, with spirits or, or whatnot. And, and I'm, I'm not sure I, I necessarily believed in it, but it was pretty interesting. And, and uh, at the end of the day, though, these older kids were mentoring these younger kids on how to deal with what they were feeling and what they were, were going through. And they reframed the ability to talk to spirits as a positive. And it's not something that you should be made fun of or bullied. Uh, or should control you, you have to control your abilities or they will control you and it's like the same thing For me, I have this ability to get super disciplined, super focused, and really uh, kind of take it to the next level in certain times. I'm trying to play at that level all the time, but if you re- reframe this kind of opportunity that I have here instead of thinking out of it as a, as a big challenge or stressful event, um, then I can, kind of hone in all that energy for a positive. And I think back to um, me being like my father a lot in, in regards to being able to, to really kind of just focus down and, and, and just kind of get to work and get really obsessed with certain things. If, it, if, you, if you know how to control that and direct it to the right area of your life, it can be extreme positive. And so that's, that's kind of the, the thread that I've been feeling um, most recent. And, and I'll say this too, is like, I watch what I listen to on podcasts really quickly, because or really closely, not quickly, closely, because I gravitate towards what I need in the moment, um, in that period of time that I'm in. And Uh, it's always a feeling it's a gut feeling like I never know what I'm going to listen to when I pull the audible app app up or or Spotify up and recently it's been okay how do we finish strong how do we compress time and the one word that is going to come in the thread that you guys are going to get I think out of this episode today is is confidence and Confidence is the first C of being a compressor for a reason. It is. It was in the icon talk, uh, integrity, confidence, uh, and it's so important. I put a little kind of equation together, and, I, and I'll i talk about that. I'm going to call that the C3 equation. And listen to the end so you guys can hear what the C3 equation is, but it's three Cs that, that will allow you – uh, to really start focusing on confidence. And I hear Ed Milet talking about confidence, Peter Voogd, Jerome Myers, all these, you know, really successful dudes are are talking about this confidence thing. And I think it's so important because, you know, I meet with somebody. And, um, and, and, a, and a prime example is this builder, you know, and, and we'll talk about this. But T and I went and looked at some land that we would like to purchase at some point to, to build our, our dream home on. It's right in the location that we want to be in. And, and, uh, you know, they, I show up and I got this builder who's been building for 20 plus years. And, and, uh, the rumor has it is that he's building Patrick Mahomes house, uh, less than a mile from the land that we're looking at, uh, which is pretty cool. But, um, and then I meet with this real estate agent who's been in the business for longer than I've been alive. And, and uh, Taylor and I show up and they're like, who are these kids? You know, it's a Thursday afternoon at, you know, at lunchtime. And what are these kids doing, you know, looking at land, talking about building a house? And uh, but then I start speaking and we start communicating and they're like, you know, oh, my gosh, like this, this is a real thing. You know, these guys can do this and and uh, they know what they're talking about. And it's just fun because the way that I'm going to help you guys think through confidence, it can, it can go to every area of your life and it has to, it has to go through every area of your life. You have to be confident. And I think the one mistake or challenge that I see from, for most individuals is they don't have a very level, high level of confidence. And, um, they have, a they have an outward appearance that they want to make sure people see, but they don't have a a strong self-efficacy and a self-confidence that, uh, really roots you in successful behaviors. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Obviously, we've been on the staycation, so give everybody a little bit of an update. You know, we canceled our Mexico trip um, for multi- multiple reasons, but, you know, the, the main one being, uh, I think Taylor and I just needed some time together. And going on that trip uh, and being a parent 24-7, with two young kids, did not sound like very much of a of a refuel and a recharge uh, kind of situation. And, and so we canceled. And we said, hey, we're going to do a staycation. So we planned out every single day something exciting for us to do together and to spend time together. And I think that was really an important decision that we made. And I'll talk a little bit about that um, as well, my man. So I've been going on a little bit of a rant, uh, just getting started here. Uh, but I think the thread for today is, is, confidence is refueling and recharging, because I think that is so important. I mean, I run hard, man. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they're like, man, your schedule just sounds exhausting. And, and, and it, it, it is exhausting. Um, don't get me wrong, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way because it, it, uh, it helps me squeeze every, every drop out of the day. But Jerome, my man, you haven't even said hi yet, so I'm going to give you a chance, brother. How you doing this morning, man?
1: Amazing, man. Good to be with you. You know, these early morning sessions are, are really enjoyable for me. It's a great way to start the day. Excited about you and Taylor reconnecting. Yeah. And I think you got to, if you're not intentional about that, that will get away from you so fast. And yeah, your whole relationship will be about your kids and when they leave. Because that's what we want as parents, them to go off and be productive citizens in the world who are independent. And you're trying to figure out who this stranger is living in your house. And so you guys are, are doing a lot of the right things, and I'm super excited about it. You know, you mentioned your dad. And I, I have the same, I, I don't even, I, I'll call it an innate ability. I'll call it a superpower. So, you know, this propensity to be an addict, like to like obsess on the thing and we have to choose what we use right that superpower with, and it can be used for good or it can be used for evil. And so you've been using it for good ever since as far as I can remember in your story. And, you know, I, you know, part of the reason why I don't partake in substance Mm abuse or I don't want to say abuse, but in, in consciousness altering, um, uh conscious altering substances, right? Is because of I I know that that exists in me, right? Yep. And so I'm really really particular about what I do with consumption, yeah. Because I'll, I'll just fixate on it. So, you know, for those out there who you know that you've got an ability to really focus in on things and maybe over consume them. Be really, really careful about what you're consuming through your eyes, ears
0: and mouth. Yep. And prime example is last night, you know, we went to cheesecake factory, took the kids and uh, ordered one of those pieces of Godiva, you know, cheesecake at the end. And, and we were leaving and, and uh, the waitress, she was so nice. She was a mom herself. She's like, Hey, don't you want to take this, you know, Cheesecake with you? And I was like, no, it will stay here on the table. I had two bites. And if it comes home with me, it will be in my belly, which I don't need by the end of the day. I do not have the self control to say no to that delicious piece of cheesecake that will be calling me. And she said, yeah, you know, I bring it home quite a bit. And my husband says he literally can hear it calling him out of the refrigerator. And so we've talked a lot about controlling your environment and making sure that those types of things stay out of it. Right. And I think that's a prime example of that. So um, couldn't couldn't agree more. And, you know, those things aren't going to serve you uh, long term. Um, and I can't stress this enough. And, and I have to stress this to myself all the time is, you know, what feels good in the moment is not going to feel good the next day, you know, and Jesse, Itzler always says remember tomorrow. Remember tomorrow. And that's those are those two words have been ringing true. Um, you, you know, helping me make better decisions. So um, st- setting the intention for this week for me, you know, obviously knowing that I wasn't necessarily going to be in the office working all the time, but still kind of plugging in at 3.30 till 5.30 before the kids and, and Taylor wake up. I wanted to make sure that I, I was doing a few things. And I wrote this down in my journal, was having faith, being confident, trusting the process, focusing on who, not how letting go of work being there for tea and the kids being present and focused on love and patience and i think i've done that pretty well a little bit uh, of a loss i would say is not being able to completely detach because i'm here and we have so much going on at work and i'm realizing too that uh i'm the catalyst for a lot of things and uh, not only the starter I am really, um, I've really stepped up my game on, on implementing and finishing. And, you know, as a business owner, when you, when everything starts and ends with you, um, but you don't have who's you're only focused on the house. Uh, sometimes it's really easy to try to own all of that. But then when you start having a team, you have to, you have to be able to, uh, delegate some of these things. And, Um, What was really cool to see the process is a few folks in our in our company really kind of step up this week. And uh, I'm going to talk about that, especially when the winds come to uh, when we start talking about the winds. But Habit Tracker this week, 57 out of 59, 97 percent on the Habit Tracker this week. And just some things that you guys have probably heard me say quite a bit is obviously prayer. Saying no to sin and yes to virtue, faith, hope, and love, prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude, and you can use those virtues if you're not a Christian. That's fine. They're Stoic principles as well. Stoics had them before the Christians did. So go back to you know uh, Marcus Aurelius and all those guys. Uh, they were not Christians themselves. So, um, but those where those those virtues come from. It is a guiding principle of my life, and and, and can be of anybody's life if you really want to to live a life of, of value, make energizing choices, get moving and work out, uh, being present and focused on the family, who, not how, read, skill up and level up, network building, prioritize and execute and leading with courage and stoicism. Those were the things that I was focused on this week. And I, I hit 57 out of 59 of those. And um, that makes me really proud um, because here, here's why. Knowing and we've talked a lot about this, knowing that the system is on and not focused on just results all the time, because you don't know when they're going to come per se, but especially with you when you're in weeks like I am right now focusing on that system, making sure you're doing the right activities will lead to results. When I look back 90 days ago, I can look back to my journals and say what was I focused on and then the yields are there now right and so. Um, I think that's really important: is to know and feel confident that you have your system going. Now, the system has to be uh, created and it has to be, you know, cultivated throughout the process. But when you know it's on and you know you're working towards it, uh, what's exciting is knowing that 90 days from now or 60 days from now, the results that we're going to have, um, and that's the that's the equation that we can continue to talk. About x plus y equals z, right? And, and if you can figure out x and y, you will start to to really, um, you know, reap the rewards of the of of z, so to speak, in that equation. So, you know, some big uh, aha moments, or or uh, we'll we'll start with wins first because I think that's that's an important thing. I've obviously, sp- taking a week and spending time with with Taylor one on one has has been incredible. I have recharged and refueled a little bit, Um, you know, body battery has been up between 80 and 100 uh, every single day, you know, which is not normal uh, for me, you know, getting good sleep is, is been, has been really good. Um, And energy from the standpoint of not just physical energy, but mental energy, you know, and, and when I look at the mountain, I'm about to climb, it, 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 it seems insurmountable right? It's like Mount Everest is standing in front of me, you know, and, and every day I'm trying to put one foot in front of the other. But um, it takes a lot of mental energy to have the confidence and the integrity and the, um, the perseverance to continue to step up that ladder in um, that mountain and climb that thing every single day. But I feel like I've got a good mental headspace right now. I feel like I, I have clarity um, on, on a lot of different fronts, which is creating congruency, uh, which is important. Um, some other wins this week, you know, I'll say this, um, we have some big strategic initiatives that I have been working diligently on. Uh, and I'm really excited because I've been asking Jerome, what business do I need to start or create, or where's this new revenue stream going to come from? And, and, uh, I've taken some big steps on that. I can't announce it quite yet, um, but I'm focusing on the who's and not the how's. And I've made the pitch to two who's who's, to join me. uh, And these are top producers in the field that if I can aggregate these resources in the right way, give the folks what they need to really succeed at a high level. I think there's a way for me to create a a multiple seven-figure business inside of my business already, which is very exciting uh, for me. And, and what I'm trying to figure out, what I'm trying to create is the ability uh, in any market to be able to create revenue. And so um, there's a way to do that. And um, I'm excited to say that I've made some big strides on that and, and more to come on this, you guys. But I have a unique ability uh, to, cr- to put people together uh, give them what they need to succeed, and then obviously benefit uh, from that uh, as well. and And uh, it's gonna be a unique thing that I'm creating or trying to create, and I think we're we're getting really close on that, which is very exciting. So that's a huge win. Um, the staycation I've talked about, getting moving, I've hit sixty thousand steps already, and it's only it's not even Saturday. Um, and so Monday through Friday, I've hit sixty thousand steps, man, I've had this body moving. Uh, I feel really good my back is is in really good shape i 've been stretching out um and I feel very good physically which is which is awesome and that's that 's a big important piece of you know when you 're not feeling good physically you 're not it's it 's easy not to feel good mentally and so i 've been focused on that quite a bit uh working out uh i haven 't ate the best this week because i 'm kind of on staycation but i've i 've tracked everything and i 've stayed under 3000 calories every day, which for me is, is good, uh, especially on a vacation. haven't drank much, which is really good uh, as well. Uh, I'll I'll say this. um, In regards to FTW, I've talked a little bit about the wins, but uh, there's a few that I want to kind of point out here as well. We had our first round of actual quarterly reviews with some employees this week. And um, I had to do that. and, And we had some good learnings from that. I Obviously, was was in charge of our, our marketing director's review, and then our investor relations uh, persons uh, review as well, and learned a lot from that. And one thing that come came out of this is we have to really be focused on the FTW culture as principles. And um, you know, having twelve or thirteen employees now, it's a real thing, and it's going to be a thread that's going to continue to to come up in the in the future weeks. But um, that was that was some really good feedback. We had some great quarterly reviews. Um, Ops are, are improving. Oh my gosh. They are improving so much, which is great. Um, And what I mean by that is just construction collections, just, you know, property management, asset management, we're getting to a really good spot uh, on that. Um, you, You know, I think what we do well is find the right deals, which is important, but, you know we're we're starting to become um, some really strong operators uh, in the space, and I realize when I talk to other guys and gals in the space, they don't know a tenth of what our team collectively knows and, <laughs> and people keep asking me, you know uh, what makes you guys different? I'm like, well, let's talk about." After a deal closes, what are you doing? Um, and then I have a, I have twelve Monday boards, that is basically our project management software. And I'm like, what systems and processes do you have in place for all of these things? And you know, most of the time it's none. And so, you know, I show that I show different people what we do. After deals close, how we get through due diligence, how we work with agency lenders and different banks, how we go about cost segregation, how we do uh, the transition, how we're making sure that the residents of our our uh, places and our properties are are feeling, you know, uh, like they're that the owners actually care about the properties that they're they're purchasing. All these things, man. I mean, uh, I just feel like we're we're getting to a really good spot on the operations uh, piece of this, which is awesome. Who, not how, man. I will say this, our investor relations side of the business, I, uh, I believe will be top notch. And, um, here's why I I've spent probably two weeks now thinking about, um, you know, what investor relations actually is. And, uh, I wrote a definition of, uh, investor relations, which, um, I'm going to read to you really quickly. Got to find it real quick because I, uh, I sent this, I sent this up to myself in a, I might not be able to find it actually, but I can remember it. It's investor relations is creating, cultivating, and curating uh, relationships with our investors that allow us to provide reporting and build relationships. And and I that's the dumbed down version. I have a nice long version of this, but then it took that and said, okay, what's the process for us, right? Right now we have, you know, 1,200 to 1,500 investors kind of in this pipeline. But how do I start to actually understand what these people are looking for and then how we pair up kind of all of the content that we've got in the right way, track everything. So first step was to work on and learning and utilizing the sales CRM and active campaign, utilizing automation, lead scoring functions of that software, and then creating these stages of the investor pipeline. And so I've created six stages Mm -hmm. Of an investor pipeline that will have tasks and tags and correlating content for each one of them um, then we're going to work through all the the pay-per-click advertising leads that we have that have come into the fruition is about 450 over the last three months which is really awesome uh, and then i'm next i'm working to the inbound leads that come into um, us through the website through linkedin uh, all of those different things and then i'm codifying all of these contacts that we currently have in our our investor portal and in our CRM and getting every single one of them into the right corresponding stage. So um, this is very interesting because we'll be able to actually have a snapshot now on our investor relations of every single investor and where they're at based on the activities that they've taken, that we've taken, the content that they've received and the conversations that we've had and be able to give them a lead score. So we'll be able to take these 1200 people and say, hey, we've got 200 in level one. We've got 400 in level two, we've got 500 in level three, and then, you know, and so on and so on, which will allow us to know who to reach out to and build better relationships with these people and be able to raise more capital and serve these people at a higher level because each person will be getting tailored content to that. So it's very exciting for me on, on that. And we have somebody to own that process as well, because that is a job in and of itself. Right there, so I'm excited about that, focusing on who's not housed. Um, I don't know if this is an actual win or not, but it's an update. Um, we let go of our our acquisitions uh, person uh, last week, um, and so um, that person is no longer with us. And so I, I think that um, going through that process, making sure that we did it the right way, communicating what we need to. Um, and 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 helping that person obviously get into a role where they can be successful and and all these different things was was a, is a big win for us as principals to make sure that we have the right people in the right seats and so you know that wasn't easy to go through um, you know but it was it was something that needed to to be to happen and so I'm I'm hoping for the best for that person and and uh, I'm excited to say that I think that we have uh, a process to. Um, to create even more deal flow. And I'll talk about that a little bit later uh, on on different episodes, but we had to, we went through that process as well. So that was a, that was a win for us to at least go through that process to make sure that we were, you know, hitting that head on, which was, which was really important, man. So um, those are all the big wins from, from this week. I mean, I can't speak to some of these because we're not quite there. It's not ready to be out there in the ethos yet, but um, some really big uh, initiatives that we've been working on are starting to come to fruition, which I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited and and it's going to help our business out, um, you know, you know, big time. And the last thing that I'll say about this is, you know, I needed to, to get, I think an additional 10 million of acquisitions under contract in two to three weeks, which is not an easy task. Well, we're going to PSA on two projects: a 13.5 million dollar project and a smaller 1 million dollar project. Um, and so you know, I'm counting since we are partnering on the larger project with somebody. I'm counting half of that. So 6.75 plus another million. So we're at 7.75. So I still need to get another sizable three to $10 million project under contract in the next week and a half to two weeks, which is not going to be easy. Um, but we've made progress on the acquisitions piece and our pipeline is extremely full. Um, and in pipeline of projects that are not on market. And so we've created a four- kind of a four-headed approach to acquisitions going forward, which I'll also be able to talk about uh, sometime in the near future as well. I, I don't want to necessarily say because I'm not sure I'm, I want somebody to uh, to steal my <laughs> steal my idea. It's not stealing. Because they can't it. implement it though. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Even if you give it to them, they can't implement it. Yeah, that that's true. So we've got a four-headed approach. You know, it's, it's uh, new asset classes. So I've had some neighborhood retail and office and some industrial brought to me recently, which is very interesting. So we've got new asset classes. We have, um, and I think we've actually talked about this anyways. We've we've got recapitalization of current portfolios. So finding somebody like myself that maybe has been in the business for five to seven years, and they're getting ready to exit projects, finding those right people and saying, hey, uh, instead of exiting 100%, would you like to stay in as a GP? We we come in and recap your portfolio. The third is finding, uh, continuing to find, um, you, you know, other operators in different markets that operate like us to bring our suite of services to. And the last one is continuing to self serve or self source deals uh, here in the Midwest as well. So, you know, those those four approaches are allowing us to uh, create larger deal flow. Now we have to have capital ready to go for a couple of those, um, you know, especially not the self-source stuff or the new asset classes, but more, more or less, you know, working with other, uh, GPs. So we're taking action on that as well. But when I look at my 90 day sprint and I look at the things that we talked about, um, and by the way, got great feedback on the last, uh, on the last episode, in regards to how we broke down that 90 days in the GPS. Multiple people reached out to me for that GPS system. So if you missed that, shoot me a DM on LinkedIn or an email, Logan at FTW Investments LLC.com. I'll get you the the downloadable version of the GPS and and uh, it was cool to have you know some people reach out to me looking for that same system that we implement which was which was really awesome, man. So all of those things, you know, I think when I look at my 90 day sprint and what I'm focused on, we took massive strategic action on those items and going to continue to do that, which will create the results that we're looking to, to accomplish. So um, the, the last, the last big win I'll say, and I've said that like four times, but the, the last big win I'll say, cause I didn't write this down. It's just coming to my head is, you know, it's starting to be very clear of what maybe the goal looks like next year. And I think that I have, you know two kind of goals one is to raise 100 million dollars worth of equity which just seems unreal to me right i mean that just seems crazy but uh, the second goal is you know we will do right around somewhere around that 100 115 million dollar mark depending on where it where it kind of lines up is i legitimately think we can get to 250 or 350 next year and there's a few reasons why I think that is, is, is uh, going to be achie- achievable for us. First is the, the four-headed approach that we just talked about. The second is if we do have a $100 million fund, I'll be able to find places to put that money in the right place. And then third is uh, if, we, if we're able to create this new business that I'm, I'm talking about in the right way and we put the right people in place, you know, each one of those people have already done $100 million this year. And so with me, and those other two folks that were were doing that, I think we can do more together, which will allow us, and that's, you know, that will allow us to get to 250 to 350 um, next year in a very cohesive manner. And so it started that when we started with that blank page and saying, okay, you got the big idea, you got the big goal, you know, you did $100 million or going to do $100 million this year. How do we, you know, how we 10X that, right? And, you know, a billion dollars in a year, we'll get there. Uh, But realistically, you know, we threw the goal out there of 100 million this year and we're taking the action to get there uh, to do 200 million next year would be which would be a 100 percent increase. Right. I'm not talking about 100 (laughs) percent. I'm talking about maybe a, a, you know, a 200 percent increase. And I think that um, the who not how methodology and, and framework is allowing me to see how that actually can come to fruition, which is super exciting, man. So boom, there's all the big wins from a staycation week that I'm not even necessarily uh, working uh, all the time, but but lots of of big wins and things to pull out from, uh, from that week, Jerome. Any thoughts on that, man?
1: Man, I got a lot of thoughts and <laughs> I've been scribbling on this thing, trying to look stuff up on the side. But, you know, the first thing is – have you thought about the amount of days you've taken off this year compared to how your income has grown?
0: Well, I know you, I know you sent me that text message and I have thought about that. And I, I don't remember a day that I took off last year. Um, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's been a, an absolute 10X on the amount of time that I have taken uh, for myself and my family um, this year. It doesn't have to be on trips necessarily or whatever, but just, Days that I'm there, play, you know, days that I'm out playing golf or days that I'm with Bella and T or just Ezra, you know, and so um, income has has increased um, and days that I've taken off has increased. Right. And that's the that's the methodology we both learned from Mark Acosta Rubio. Right. Is, is his his whole goal is to get you to to work. 90% less and make 90% more something like that. Right. And and it sounds silly to talk about. But whenever you start breaking it down, it can, it can be achievable, especially if you've got who's and you're not always focused on the house, man.
1: That's outstanding. And I, I just want people to understand that it's not just the grind. You know, when you started this mission, he was like, I don't just want to work harder, and right? increase my income. I want to figure out ways to compress time and eventually work myself i don't want to say out the business but you know my day to day responsibilities need to drop i'm not always the person who's going to do the thing so right i think that was the first one the other thing so you guys are doing some ads now um you know make sure that you know what it's costing you per lead yes, absolutely make sure you know what you can pay per lead mm-hmm. right because you know, when people start talking about raising money it's like well you know if they give me $50,000 then You know, it doesn't matter what it costs because it's not going to cost that much. Well, you don't make $50,000 on $50,000 investments. Right. Right. And so there's a little bit more math that has to be done when people are digging in on that. So just make sure you're paying attention to that. And in the beginning, it's an experiment. You have no idea what you're going to get. But, you know, that's meaningful. It's almost 500 people in three months. I don't know. Most folks are getting anywhere close to that as far as an inbound funnel piece.
0: So. so one really easy way to kind of think through that is I think we're paying around $4 per lead right now. And so you it's, know, cheap. it's, it's, it's cheap. cheap. And when I think about a new $100,000 investor, that person is worth about $20,000 to our company. Because if you are going to refer or pay a broker to raise money for you, depending on the size of the raise, you're going to pay one to three percent. So let's just break it down and say two percent. So hundred thousand dollars, two percent, you got 20 grand. That's not even contemplating the repeat effect. and if you do it the right way, the referral piece of that um, investor as well. So, I think that uh, $4 per lead, and this is an experiment right now, right? And until we get this whole investor relations funnel and stage created that I talked about, we won't necessarily know what our conversion is, but we're working towards that, right? To be able to codify, okay, we had you know, over the six months, we had 700 people come through who have turned into investors. What levels are they in? And where do we think what 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 amount of capital do we think we're going to actually get out of those folks? And and so, I think that uh, we'll be able to do that probably by the end of the first quarter to say, okay, we're paying five dollars a lead, um, we've converted this amount, and it's costing this this much, and putting an ROI to that, uh, extremely important, absolutely.
1: And you know, <laughs> some people are going to miss this, but I think it's core. Right. You said I'm the catalyst for a lot of things. And so being the fire starter is the difference between somebody who is a compressor and one who's just along for the ride. That's right. And I've, I've watched you. It's probably not appropriate to say it this way because we're being recorded, but I've watched you single-handedly build other people's businesses because they support yours. That's right. Like, the majority, like over half of their business is because you engage in a vested through your efforts of directing people to them. Um, and so you gotta find that gift. You gotta know what you're good at, man. Right. You gotta know what you're good at. And for you it's putting people together and showing them that this opportunity is this and if they mind that opportunity, then they'll re- reap handsome benefits or rewards. It's really exciting to see. And so for those folks out there who aren't inherently inclined to do those things, you got to find somebody to team up with, whether yeah. it's a coach, whether it's a partner in your business, whatever it is. But that is going to be what takes your business to the next level. So, yep. you know, kudos to leaning into that because that's – uh not something a lot of people do. They just kind of shy away from it. But when you say, no, I'm really good at this and this is my talent and it's my brilliance. We talked about brilliance a I lot try. earlier in the year. Then it allows you to stay in that zone, right? It allows you to really go off and say, I don't need to spend my time doing this. I don't need to be making pictures on Canva yep. <laughs> to post on the internet or social media I need to be over here talking to people about these opportunities and exploring ideas and concepts. The, and I think you, I might want to say this to later, but I'll say it now and bring it back up because I want to be like Gary Vee and say, I told you so, but I, I want on record. So, you know, formulas come <laughs> from experimentation, right? And a lot of people think that no i know the answer right away i know exactly how this is going to work and they don't want to go through the process of experimentation having their hypothesis and then doing the test to see if it's true or not and so what you guys are doing with the ads you're doing it with some staff you're doing it with business ideas all of this experimentation is going to lead to a formula where the outcome is predictable right? And that predictable outcome allows you to deploy capital against it, so that you can monetize it. That's right. And this is the beauty of business that I think is just left out of every guru's book, because they want to tell you, hey, I got the process, you just Mm -hmm. need to bring your thing over here. And then you'll have this result that you desire. But that transformation only happens on the backside of experimentation.
0: Exactly right, man. And the biggest thing there to pull out is the capacity constraint, right? I mean, there's so many different things that you can try to focus on. Um, But unless you have the ability to implement and continue to implement on a consistent basis, you won't be able to create results. And what we've been able to do, or at least what I've been able to do, is say, look, I'm going to take less of this pie, but know that I'm eating the key lime, the cherry, the chocolate, and the raspberry, you know, and and saying I can have a piece of every single one of that. And, and, and it ultimately comes back to create a much larger pie uh, for us and a more diverse, um, you know, pie, because when one goes down, I, I'm not worried because I have four or five other things that are kind of bringing food to the table. And so I think that's a big part of what you're saying there is, is being able to invest in people, because that's what opportunities are attached to, and be able to figure out how to make them successful. And that's vesting, right? I took this right from Robin Drake's uh, book, you know, the, the first sign of predictive behavior is vesting. Does your success line up with my success? You know, if I'm successful, are you successful? And when you can do that, that's where you see you know folks having these businesses um, that are exploding because they have invested in other people that are running certain things that is also bringing them success. And you just have to it's hard to do at the beginning, because especially if you have a financial problem or challenge that you're going through or something, you have to be able to say, I'm going to put that on hold. I'm going to look at this thing from a three to five year picture, not three to five month picture you know and so you know what Parker and Corey are really good at is hey if we're going to spend time on something it needs to be able to scale it needs to be able to um, step away from our time and there needs to be a big need for it which is super important when you're looking at spending time and resources towards a new activity and so uh, very good point man very good point right there um Anything else before I move into some learnings and ahas, man?
1: No. Let's okay. us go into the learnings.
0: Okay, so I got a couple of learnings. I'm going to put it back on you at the end. But sh- here's the number one is there? there's two, actually, because we're going to get to the C3 formula. But before we do, I want to make sure that people keep stepping up to the plate. Keep stepping up to the plate. Think about baseball. The best hitters only get on base three out of ten times. In the history of baseball, three out of 10 times, those other seven times they get knocked down, or they get out, they strike out, whatever, but you have to keep stepping up to the plate and you have to trust the process. And so I've been focusing a lot on faith and trust and system and process because you don't know which at bat is going to hit, you know, you're going to, you're going to hit and we don't hit a lot of home runs. We had a lot of base, base hits and doubles, and you stack those. Uh, on top of each other and you start, you start getting runs on the scoreboard. And so I guess the point being here is pretty soon. I'm going to look at the last nine months of offers that we've put out and how many we've, we've actually uh, got on base on. And right before we got on the call here, I was like, man, I wonder how many units we've, we've really purchased this year. And, you know, we'll finish between 500 and 600 units this year. And When I think back and I say, man, um, you know, we did 900 last year or whatever, 500 to 600 this year. That's a that's a decline. Well, we did 900 when nobody else was buying. We bought the same type of deals when everybody was buying. And that's not the easy part to 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 get your head wrapped around. But when I think back to the baseball analogy and say, hey, you got to keep stepping up to the plate and keep making some hits, man, oh, man. I'm very, very satisfied with what we've been able to complete on the acquisition process. So keep stepping up to the plate. Even if you struck out you know, six times, just know that if you're one of the best hitters, which you might not be yet, so you might strike out nine times, but you can start getting up to that part of you know three out of 10 times you're going to hit it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the C3 formula. So confidence equals congruency. Plus commitment. Confidence equals congruency plus commitment. And when people always ask, what's it take? You know, what do you, what do you, uh, what's your secret to success? And I think I'm going to start saying the C3 formula because confidence is built through congruency and it's built through commitment. And those two paired together, you cannot be stopped, whatever you're deciding to do. But you have to be committed. And that's what I'm saying with uh, stepping up to the plate. This isn't for everybody. If you <laughs> I've been writing a lot about on the blogs um, and it's kind of controversial, but it is average. You know, we're not here to be average. And that uh, those points have been kind of, I think, pissing some people off a little bit. But at the end of the day, this the data is what the data is. And we are not here to be average. You are not here to be average. You're here to be your unique special self and every single person is special and unique. And, and and so if you're okay being average, what we call a jag, just another guy or just another girl, so be it. But that's not what this podcast is for. So, you know, when the haters start coming out of the woodwork saying, hey, man, why can't you just be content? You know, you've made it. You got all this stuff going on. Nah, man. Nah, you, you're... you're <laughs> Your circle of influence is not mine. You know, I'm the lowest on the totem pole when it comes to my circle of influence and who I put myself around and and a whole nother world that you're not even aware of is happening every single day. And this I'll make this point and I'm going to put it back to you. But this point was was hit home when Taylor and I was were hiking on Tuesday or Wednesday, I guess it was. We went up there and we hiked this mountain, Missouri Mountain, so a hill, um, a hill, we hiked a hill uh, and we got up to it and we looked down and, and there was the massive Missouri River and it was just powerful. It was loud. The wind was blowing and we just stood, just stood there and just stared at this murky abyss that and we were just like, man, this is going on every single day. And you saw all kinds of animals, saw a snake and all these birds and all that stuff. When I'm stuck in meetings or I'm stuck in my own head or I'm stuck in about some challenge, you know, God has created this massive, you know, hill with this amazing river that's pulling through and it's powerful and it's omnipresent and it's always there and going on. It just gave me a perspective to remember um, that, man, there's so much more out there going on. There's so much, uh, there's a world out there that you haven't even tapped into. And that's what we're trying to get across today is is that piece of it. So congruency, commitment equals confidence. If you're a confident person, not confident on the outside, but on the inside, you won't be stopped, man. So that's the C3 methodology. That's keep stepping up to the plate. We reviewed the GPS a little bit. We'll, we'll do it every month just to kind of track in, Check in and track where we're at on the GPS to make sure you guys understand how we utilize that on a regular basis. But my man Jerome has been, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, has been uh, been giving some uh, some leadership training and coaching to some high level folks. And I saw a post that you put out there. And I think you modeled Simon Sinek from Leaders Eat Last, right? And I want to hear a couple points of your talk uh, yesterday, I believe it was, to some leaders and maybe drop a couple nuggets of knowledge on what a leader is and why do leaders eat last and how can I learn from that conversation and that training that you've done, man?
1: Yeah, so I think the first point to talk about is you know, when you're the alpha, right? If you're nervous going to a meeting, you're not the alpha. Right. right? <laughs> the other person's the alpha. But here's the thing. When people when you're when you're the leader of your company and you've got people counting on you, they don't care how much money you make. Yeah. As long as they're taken care of. When they feel like you're sacrificing the people for the profits is the moment that the tribe turns on the folks, the chiefs. Right. And that, I think, is the undergirding for all of the decisions. The people are always more important than the profits from my perspective. Right. There's a lot of folks who like, well, you know, the ship won't be here if the people aren't here or if we don't make the money. I hear you. But the moment that you reduce a person to a dollar sign is a moment that I think you have forfeited your opportunity to lead other people. We we talked about this concept of being willing to come beneath the clouds. And so in that talk that Simon gave, it's about 45 minute talk, he talks about Johnny Bravo. And Johnny Bravo is a fighter pilot and they're in conflict, there's some folks on the ground, they encounter fire and the pilot dips down through the clouds fires on the enemy to allow the folks to get to safety. And there's a bunch of other details in the story. But as leaders, are we willing to go from the place where the sun is shining, the sky is clear, into the dark place to help our people overcome the challenges that they're facing on a daily basis? Yep. And sure, you hire people to take care of things for you, but if you leave them in the dark place and you're not willing to come in and bring light or bring support, remove roadblocks, help them overcome stinking thinking, whatever it is, then again, I think you forfeit your opportunity to leave. And then there was a point about being addicted to your phone, right? Are you addicted to your phone, right? And it's like, well, what does that mean? Well, if you're walking from room to room with your phone, you might be addicted to it. Yep. If you look at your phone before you do anything else, you might be addicted to it. And the question really becomes, like, are you having true engagement and interaction? Are you being where your feet are? Right. Logan, will not you come up to my house so we can stare at our phones together? If you stare at yours, I'll stare at mine. <laughs> Like there's nothing exciting about that. And, you know, we pick on cell phones, but, you know, there was newspapers before that. I think some people still use books where, you know, they're surrounded by people that they care about, but they're not actually engaging with them because they're doing the other thing because it provides them some form of escape. Yep. And the last thing and the thing that I think was most challenging is how are we dealing with stress and are the ways that we are dealing with that stress negatively impacting those around us? And so, if you don't have a healthy mechanism for managing that, then by default, you're going to explode and there's going to be shrapnel with the people who are closest to you. There's just no way around it. And so, you know, exploring great ways of coping with the stress and you know one thing that i didn't come in with but somebody was in the meeting and they had this experience and this is let's challenge the listeners here man so take out a piece of paper and create four boxes on that paper in the top left corner i want you to draw a picture of when you first felt stressed first time you've ever felt stressed and you know i I, I was like, I don't know what that is. I got to think really hard about it. But there's going to be a moment that comes above all the other ones. Top right. The last time you felt stressed. And so while the people were doing it, a couple of people drew conference room tables. I was like, man, I hope that's not this. (laughs) 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 But fortunately, nobody said that that was it. But you want to draw the last time you felt stressed. Bottom left you want to draw the place where you felt no stress. Zip zero, nothing just totally relaxed, not a care in the world. And then the fourth box, I want you to draw what's the worst case scenario. If you don't do something about your stress. Yep. And the takeaway here is, you know, there's usually a connection between when you first felt stress and when you last felt stress. We don't change all that much in what we're sensitive to and what triggers us. The place where you don't feel any stress, you need to figure out how to spend more time doing that, Yep. whatever that is, right? And then the last piece is, this is what you get. This is a consequence of doing nothing about what's going on in your world. And I will tell you that the people who were courageous enough to share really put us in a place where it's like that was so thoughtful mm-hmm. and your level of reflection and the maturity that it takes to actually admit that just elevates the level of respect that I have for you as an individual. Yeah. And go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to rep, I was just going to kind of say what I, what I heard was people, not profits be present and have great stress management uh, strategies, man. I mean, that is so crucial as a leader. If if somebody, if your team sees you stressed out, man, guess what's going to happen? They're going to be stressed out. If my kids pick up that I'm stressed out, guess what? They're going to start crying. You know. Um, and I think that is so true, brother. That is, I, I can't agree more, man. And and being a leader is something that I want to continue to to focus on. And I read a book a while back called The Heart of Leadership. Which is my favorite book on. On leadership. And it's like the, the heart is an acronym. So it's like hunger for wisdom and, and all these different things, but it will bring that uh, to fruition here pretty soon as well. But um, you know, I want to learn from you on, on how to lead people. Um, and, and even if it's like something that is, is inevitable, right. From a guy like me, I'm, I typically am a leader. Um, I have to be I have to be intentional about that on an ongoing basis. Yes, it just, you can be a leader and get it started, but it's not easy to be a leader and continue to finish that. So thank you, Jerome, for dropping those knowledge, man. I bet those people in the room got so much out of that. We're going to end up with a quote here from James Clear, because I think this wraps up exactly what we've been talking about. The strategies that made you successful in the past will at some point reach their limit. Don't let your previous choices set your future ceiling. The willingness to try new ideas allows you to keep advancing. So keep stepping up to the plate, keep trying new ideas and keep advancing and you'll continue to compress. Any last thoughts, Jerome, before we wrap up today, my man.
1: No, this was outstanding, man. I like the C3 formula. It's it's good stuff.
0: We're going to keep iterating on that and making sure that we bring that to fruition. I'm excited Uh, for maybe the next iteration of the compression podcast and breaking down uh, each letter uh, for each month that we've got. And obviously the first one's going to be confidence. And so I think that starting the year out strong will be really important. Jerome, thanks again for joining the compression podcast. All of you listeners out there, again, if you want to uh, get a copy of that GPS formula, reach out to me, continue to share this, continue to reach out and and uh giving us some feedback we really appreciate it and uh go finish strong and have a great week guys we'll talk soon i appreciate you tuning in to another episode of compression my mission for this show is to do my part in helping you crush your limiting beliefs rise above mediocrity and live as the best version of yourself if you feel inclined Please share this show with someone who could benefit, someone who needs to hear this message. As always, please leave us a review wherever you're listening and connect and engage with me on LinkedIn. And head on over to compressionpodcast.com where you can subscribe. And when you do, you're going to get access to my live goal tracker resources to download that will help you along your own compression journey and you're going to be able to stay up with the episodes until next time we'll talk soon